Welcome to our 1145. It is so great to have you. You know, in this uh, first experience this morning, the first service this morning, we had a great time and God really showed up and I'd expect only the best for right now. And so I invite you right now to turn up your faith. You're ready here. The battle's halfway done. You're here. So I just ask you to open up your heart and get ready to receive the word of God. My name is Pastor Miriam. My husband and I are the senior pastors here at Church Alive. And it is the mission of this church to reach, teach, and empower people to impact their generation for Jesus Christ. On January 1st, 2017, we launched the theme for the year. And if you've been with us, you should know what it is. So on the count of three, we're going to say it together. One, two, three. Yes, you guys have definitely turned up today. That's great. Yes, advance. And we have been listening week upon week on how to advance in our walk with God and how to advance in life. And this week, I do want to ask you a couple of questions. And so before we really get into it, I want to invite you, if you have a notebook or a smartphone where you can take notes, not so much on what I'm saying, but actually to respond some questions. Because I believe that in some of the things I might talk about this afternoon with you, um, there are some imperative questions that will help navigate you to advance for 2017. And sometimes when we hear messages, it's so easy for them to fall on ready ears, but then we walk out and we forget to carry the word that's with us. And so I encourage you, if you can, if you'd like to take notes, um, just or especially answer some of the questions. And the first question, it's the question we've been asking all month long is, what do you want to advance in this year? And maybe you've already answered that. Maybe you've wrote down your goals and so forth. But that is not the goal of this morning or this afternoon's message. Actually, today, I want to talk to you about what will keep you from advancing. What will keep you from falling short of your destination? We're going to open the word of God. And I'm going to invite everybody to stand in here and in overflow for the reading of God's word. And we're going to turn to Genesis chapter 19 verse 12 through 26, and why don't you follow along as I read. Meanwhile, the angels questioned Lot. Lot is the nephew of Abraham, the father of our faith. He says, do you have any other relatives here in the city? The angel asked. Get them out of this place, your sons-in-law, sons, daughters, or anyone else, for we are about to destroy this city completely. The outcry against this place is so great, it has reached the Lord and he has sent us to destroy it. So Lot rushed out to tell his daughter's fiancés, quick, get out of the city, the Lord is about to destroy it. But the young man thought he was only joking. At dawn the next morning, the angels became insistent. Hurry, they said to Lot, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, get out right now, or you will be swept away in the destruction of the city. And I told the 945 it was about to get lit. And I don't mean the good kind of lit, you know what I mean? So then when Lot still hesitated, the angel seized his hands and the hands of his wife and two daughters and rushed them to safety outside the city, for the Lord was merciful. When they were safely out of the city, one of the angels ordered, run for your lives and don't look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains or you will be swept away. Oh no, my Lord, Lot begged. 
You have been so gracious to me and saved my life, and you have shown such great kindness, but I cannot go to the mountain. Disaster would catch up to me there, and I would soon die. See, there's a small village nearby. Please let me go there instead. Don't you see how small it is? Then my life will be saved. All right, the angel said, I'll grant you your request. I will not destroy the little village, but hurry. Escape to it, for I can do nothing until you arrive there. Lot reached the village just as the sun was rising over the horizon. Then the Lord rained down fire and burning sulfur from the sky on Sodom and Gomorrah. He utterly destroyed them along with the other cities and villages of the plain, wiping out all the people in every bit of vegetation. But here now, ready? But Lot's wife looked back as she was following behind him and she turned into a pillar of salt. Look at the person next to you and say, don't fall short of your destination. Now tell the other person next to you, advance. Come on, let's pray. My God, my Father in heaven, I thank you that your desire for us is to advance. Lord, your desire for us is to not fall short of our destination. Lord, your desire is for no one here to be stuck. Lord, for no one here to fall short of what you are purposing them to do, what you've created them to do. So God, I ask you that your power, that your presence, that your spirit would just come in this place and start making room in people's hearts, God, for life change. Making room in people's minds, Lord God, for life change. We pray for breakthrough. We pray, Lord God, for your power. We pray right now for your presence to just come and visit through every aisle, through every row. And I thank you now that you are here. And I thank you now that you're in the midst of doing something powerful. You are here and we love you, God. Have your way through this morning, through this afternoon. Have your way through these words, that they wouldn't just be good words or nice words, but that they would truly be the words from heaven for your sons and daughters. In the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the church alive says, Amen. Amen. Sit down and give a high five as you do it if you can do two things at once. All the ladies know you can. I don't know about the guys, but we're multitaskers and uh, tuskers. Okay, I insulted the men, therefore I got tongue-tied. Awesome. Anyway, the title for today, Anthony is not here. He is somewhere in America preaching the word of God, which is awesome. And for me, it's a great honor when I get to do this because I love to share what God is teaching me. But if you like to take notes, which I hope you do, and you like to title, the message is today's message is don't look back. Advance week four, don't look back. This summer, I have to say I had a pretty darn good summer. I got to go to probably the one place that's been on my bucket list, and you're going to think, wow, Miriam, high dreams, California. I have wanted to go to California since I was a little girl, and I've always wanted to go, and you know, there's places like Hawaii and, and other amazing places, but no, I wanted to go to California. And the cool thing is we got to go to this amazing conference which, to be quite honest with you, was life-changing for Anthony and I. I mean, there was some God encounters and God moments there that impacted me in a way that, to be quite honest with you, it's been a while since I'd experienced that. 
And so I came back from San Diego. Yeah, I know San Diego too. God was rolling with me on that one. I was so excited. Anyway, so San Diego came back, took about 30 of our leaders. We went to Wave Church in Virginia Beach for another powerful conference. Man, I was on fire. Came back. We started the fast for our church for Amp Up. Who was blessed during Amp Up? Phenomenal time. Then we got back, got to work, started building, started doing things, started seeing lives change. And then I was invited to go to this conference in New York City called She is Free, another powerful, on-fire conference that did something to my utter core. And it was amazing. I came back, and I was ready to change the world. I was ready. I was on fire, and I couldn't wait for the opportunity to do something big for God. But then it happened. I don't really know the day. I don't really even know how. I don't even know, like, what the heck went on. All I knew is a few weeks, maybe a month went by. And I caught myself coming home to bed. I caught myself coming to church. I caught myself going to work. But the joy was gone. What the heck? Pastor Miriam, your joy was gone. You preach on it. Yeah, dude, my joy was gone. And I don't even know what happened. I would come home and Anthony would be like looking at me. He's like, babe, your eyes, like, what's wrong? You're just not yourself. You're acting like everything's fine. You're playing with the kids and you're you're, you're like loving on people at work. Like I'm a bit, I love hugging and like kissing people's head. I'm weird. I like love affection. And so I'm always like, baby, I love you. You know, things like that. And, And so, and he's like, you're doing everything you normally do, but like something's wrong. And I was kind of like, you know, I'm not really sure what's wrong. I feel stuck. To be quite honest with you, I feel angry. I feel discouraged, disappointed. To be quite honest, if I'm going to be really real and raw with you today, I felt bitter. And with each day, even coming to church, like I knew I needed to shake off things to be able to worship God. And and there were moments where I could do that. But for the most part, I had for the first time in I don't know how long, the hardest time to shake off whatever it was I was feeling. It was the most weirdest experience as a pastor of a church who preaches shaking things off, who preaches lifting your spirit, who preaches joy, all this kind of stuff. I was stuck for the first time, and I don't know how long, and I don't even know what the heck happened for me to get there. But I kept doing my devotions. I kept reaching out to God. I kept showing up. I had no choice. I kept coming. I kept going to work, and, and, and there was something wrong, and those closest to me could, could feel it. They could sense it. They're like, Miriam's off. There's something wrong, and, and I was embarrassed to show it because I'm that kind of person who doesn't like to show when anything is wrong, and as I grabbed my Bible, and I've been doing the, um, the, the Bible, the one-year plan, I came across this story that we just read with Lot and his wife, and I felt like the Holy Spirit say to me, hey, Miriam, Pay attention because this story is for you and this story is for you to share with your church. And of course, I got really defensive, like, well, I'm not like Lot. I'm not making excuses about getting to my destiny. And, and I was trying to be all like, you know what I mean? Like, like girls can be sometimes a little bit of attitude, just a little. And so I was just like, what the heck is going on? And I started thinking about this story and I started thinking about Lot and his family and the fact that God himself sent two messengers to say, yo, that town, that city, that country is about to get lit. I mean, literally, fire and brimstone's coming. I'm destroying it. Get out. But I prepared for you a mountain. I prepared for you a destination. Don't worry. I got you all figured out, Lot. 
Just go where I'm telling you. And Lot's like, yo, 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 wait up a second. Hold on a second. This place is about to be destroyed. That mountain's all the way over there. Uh-uh, I'm not going to make it in time. Get, let, let me go next door to this, this little town over here. Let me go here instead. And, and he started creating all these excuses, or maybe it was his own laziness, or whatever it was he thought was a safer, easier option. He chose to fall short of his God-ordained destination. And then I was like, yeah, but you know, I'm not sensing fear because maybe the issue with Lot was that he was sensing fear. Obviously, well, what if I get destroyed on my way? What if I don't make it in time? What if I had too much Dunkin' Donuts and it's slowing me down? I can't get to that mountain, you know what I mean? And so he was making all these different excuses, whether they were real or not, whether it was fear or not fear. And I was just like, Lord, but that's not me. I have a healthy sense of fear because all that we try to do is in faith. Therefore, we don't see it. We don't have it. So there's a good sense of fear, but that's not me. But then Lot's wife happened. And I was like, ooh, oh. She looked back. We don't know why she looked back, if it was for good or a bad reason. We don't know if she was reminiscing. We don't know if she was like, see you later, suckers. We don't know what she was doing, but she looked back. And God had ordained for them to go forward, to advance to the mountaintop. And he said, yo, yo, don't look back. Just keep going. But she disobeyed the simple thing of don't look back. We don't know why she did, but she did, and she became stuck. And as I read this, I thought, what in the world have I been thinking about? What have I been looking back at? What have I parked my thoughts on? What have I been lingering on? I caught myself as I took a moment to analyze what Lot's wife did. And I said, God, if you're asking me to pay attention to this passage, clearly I'm doing something that's causing me to stay stuck. And so he's like, yeah, Miriam, what have you been thinking about? Well, I'm thinking about the greatness of my God. No. I've actually paused and parked in moments of pain. I started to, for some reason, allow my soul, allow my mind to stay parked on moments and memories that had caused me pain in the last year or two. And for some reason, for some weird reason, I felt like I needed to stay there. I needed to feel the pain. I needed to sense the pain for someone else. And that was the biggest lie from the pit of hell. And I just couldn't get out of this thought process. And I was in it. And the reality is the only reason why I couldn't get out is because I didn't even realize I was in it in the first place. Sometimes you'll be thinking about things for years that you don't even realize you're wasting your time thinking about. And the Bible tells us in Corinthians, examine yourself. What are you thinking about? I am spitting up a storm. I apologize. <laughs> Tessa is getting an anointed shower right here. <laughs> Sorry, baby girl. But anyway, I should drink some water. Tell the person next to you, she's spitting a lot. <laughs> That's my stall so I can have a sip. Anyway, moving on. What have you been lingering on? I started to realize I was catching myself, pausing in feelings of disappointment because I was looking back even at previous successes from like a year or two, year, two years ago. I was like, I thought we'd be further than this. I thought we'd be in a different place, or I thought this, and I thought that, and I literally was getting angry day in and day out, and you would have never known, but my soul was not well. 
And I just couldn't even believe it. I was stuck. I was frozen. And I was like, oh, heck no. We are advancing this year. I'm not about to stay behind. And I was just like, no, what am I doing here, Lord? What is going on? And, and he was showing me, he almost gave me a snapshot of what I had been doing the past six, eight weeks. For some reason, my mind got lazy. Instead of building on the things that was going to take me forward, instead of thinking on the things that were good and true and noble, I was thinking on pain. I was thinking about disappointments. I was growing in bitterness instead of growing in love. And I was like, what in the heck has happened to me? Yes, Pastor Miriam, it was brutal. And I know today in this church, one of the things I love about our church is not we're not just multicultural, we're multi-generational. We have from the youngest to the oldest, and I love it. And I pray that every single person in here is not stuck. I pray that you're advancing. But I also know that in the size of this room and even in overflow, there may be someone who's feeling stuck. There's maybe someone who's wanting to advance. Perhaps last year you wanted to take ground. You did a little bit, but man, there were some things that you wanted to get to that you didn't get to. And today you're like, oh, I don't want that to happen again for me next year. I want to actually accomplish what I set out to accomplish. Maybe you feel stuck in your marriage. Maybe you feel stuck as a parent. Maybe you still feel stuck as a son or a daughter who've been praying for someone to come. Maybe you feel stuck in your relationships and your finances. Maybe you feel stuck because you keep going back to your old life, to your old habits, and you can't believe you find yourself doing that again. Maybe you feel stuck in your career, in your ministry. Maybe you've lost the joy in your ministry. I literally was losing the joy. And yeah, confessions of a pastor. Whew. And I had to just wake up and realize, whoa, Miriam, you are looking back for too long and too often. And maybe there is some stuff here in Lot's life and in the life of his wife that can help us advance. And so what we're going to do for the next 18 and 46 seconds, we're going to unpack this story. First, as we look at Lot's life, when the angels had commanded him to run to the mountaintops, because that is where God purposed and destined him to go, what did Lot do? He gave him an excuse. He made excuses as why he shouldn't go there, and instead he wanted to go next door to this tiny village. Sometimes we're a lot like Lot in that we make excuses as why we don't move forward in our relationships. We make excuses why we don't close the door to some relationships, and that is for someone in here. Some relationships, you need to say no more. No more. Some relationships, you need to walk out and say, I know whose I am, and this is not good for me. Not if you're married. I'm talking about single people. If you're married, you got to bear the brunt, my friend, and let God bring joy and peace and healing into that marriage. Amen? That's for a relationship series starting February 12th. A little plug in there. Okay. <laughs> I want to tell you something, our excuses, we can say stuff like, but I'm tired, but I'm busy, but the Northeast lifestyle, the 9 to 10, you know, like 9 a.m. to 10 p.m., that's what it feels like sometimes up here. My parents scarred me. My past is too brutal. The abuse was too real. All this stuff, it's my husband's fault. It's my wife's fault. It's my kid's fault. It's my parents' fault. It's all of this stuff, and the list goes on, but as far as I am concerned, when you are mature enough to drive a car, to vote in this country, then you are responsible for your spirit. Your spirit, your responsibility. Your soul, your responsibility. So someone jacked you up when you were younger. You know what you need to do? Go to therapy and believe God for healing and start investing in the health of your mind and soul. 
oh, but therapy is for the weak. No, therapy and counseling is not for the weak. It's for the people who want to be intentional about growing and advancing in their life and will refuse to allow their past to dictate their future. Stop making excuses and take responsibility for your spirit for your soul, for your relationships, for your finances. We're not babies anymore or else you'd be in nursery with Jasmine right now. <laughs> oh, Jasmine's here. <laughs> Sorry, baby girl, I didn't see you. Well, whoever else is in there, I'm sure there's someone great in there. They better be because my daughter is in there. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. How you doing, Jas? You good? Fear. Maybe it wasn't so much excuses that kept Lot from his destination, but maybe it was fear. Maybe it was fear advancing, not so much because of what lies ahead of us, afraid of the unknown, afraid of failing, afraid of what we may not see. So we, we, we decide to take steps to the left instead of steps to the front, forward, advancing. We're afraid of the unknown, afraid of what may happen. And what happens is when we are afraid of where God is taking us, it's really evidence that we are forgetting how great of a God we serve. When we are operating in fear instead of faith, we forget about the greatness and the bigness and the badness of our God. Maybe we have forgotten in whom we trust. Maybe Lot's issue was he had a lack of vision. He couldn't see past his current situation, and that can be many of us here today. We stop dreaming. We stop thinking about what can be. We get used to the regular routine of life. We stop making progress, stop growing, stop learning just because you finished high school or college or whatever. Don't stop learning. Keep making progress. Grab a book, educate yourself. Don't stay like whatever for the rest of your life. Oh, I finished high school, I'm good. No, man, stop watching Friends 24-7. Go get yourself educated. Go become a better parent. Grab a book on parenting. Grab a book on marriage. Grab a book on finances. Don't stay stupid. Come on. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just dropping it like it's real. I just find that people, once they get married, they think they've arrived and they stop. They live watching TV for the rest of their lives and they never advance. Their greatest day was their wedding day. Come on, your best day should be ahead of you. Shouldn't be the best day when you got married. Your best day should be your last day. But our culture's got it all wrong. Oh, you get married, the tie ball. What is it called? Like a tie thingy, a ball, ball chain and ball. Oh, Fernando knows. Uh, what is it called? Ball and chain. No, I rebuke that. Freedom and joy. Great memories and great moments. And then we look at Lot's wife. She didn't just fall short. She literally froze, literally turned into a pillar of salt. Such, you see, Lot actually made it somewhere. It wasn't his like, best destination. It wasn't where God had ordained him to. But actually, Lot's wife never made it. She froze, she got stuck, and it was over. She looked back. Looking back too often and too long will cause you to miss out. Looking back too often and too long will cause you to get stuck. Looking back too often and too long will cause you to get paralyzed in certain thought patterns. And it will cause you from moving forward. 
Looking back too long and too often will keep you from advancing. So let me ask you a question, those in here, those in overflow, and those online. Have you been looking back and you don't even realize it? Have you been looking back too long? And if you were to actually think about it, you are feeling stuck in life because of things that have happened in your past, because of old lifestyles that for some reason your flesh wants to run back to. What is on your mind? When was the last time you've actually took an analysis of what's going on up in there? When we look back for too long or too often, we begin lingering around the things that are the past for a reason. We can't linger at past pains, regrets, shame, failures, could have been, should have been. We can't even linger too long on success, past success. Obviously, we need to use the past as our teacher. We need to use the successes of our past so we can learn and give God thanks, but then we need to learn to move on. We have to advance. You know, you might be thinking, but why am I feeling so much pain about what this person did 10 years ago? Because you keep thinking about it. Yeah. I recently had a conversation with someone that I kind of, I just, I don't know, a couple of years ago, something happened that for some reason just really rocked me, and, and if I'm going to be honest, it hurt. And I had decided to forgive, decided to forgive myself, for, to forgive. And for some reason, this past fall, I kept thinking about the pain. And I was like, but I dealt with this already. But, but what, why am I? Because I kept thinking about it. Every time I could, every moment I had, I was thinking about this pain. And I was like, oh. And I didn't even realize that I had parked on Payne Avenue. I didn't even realize that I had parked on memory lane, a memory lane that I didn't want to be on, but for some reason I kept going back. You know, and the same goes for shame and regret. Sometimes we think to move on from shame and guilt is to minimize what we've done, but really when we move from shame and guilt is when we understand what the grace of God is all about. It's not how big or little we've sinned or fallen short. It's about understanding the finished work of the cross. That is what happens when we understand grace. And let me tell you something about guilt and shame. Guilt and shame will keep you looking back because its main job is to keep your spirit sick. Its main job is to keep your spirit sick. Guilt is to your spirit what pain is to your body. And eventually that guilt will come into your body and wreak havoc and you will get physically ill. What are you looking back at? What has happened in your life that every moment your mind can, it quickly goes back to that pain, disappointment, that pain of not succeeding as far as you want, that betrayal. Will you let go of it today so God can do something in your life today? Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has Read it again. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new. The old has. Behold, the new has. Listen to me. Don't look back. You're not going that way. Don't look back. You're not going that way. I had to tell this to my daughter, Rachel, yesterday. Rachel is interesting. And so um, 
I, she likes going, she's hilarious though, yeah, she's, she's amazing. So we were going, we have this motorized, non-motorized Jeep. In other words, it, we don't have a battery for it, so we have to push them in it. And so it's this Jeep, it's super heavy, and Hopi and Rachel wanted to go on it. And so in Rutherford, it's very hilly. So they're like, mommy, mommy, take me on this. I was like, oh my gosh, but I went to the gym and I did legs, I could barely walk, oh my gosh. And so anyway, and there I am pushing the girls up. And I said, Shelly, you have one job. She's like, what, mommy? I was like, look forward, because if you don't, everywhere you steer that thing, it's going to end up in the neighbor's like front lawn, and it's too hard to pull it out of the dirt. It's a really heavy, non-motorized Jeep. And so we're moving up, and so far, so good, like, you know, two inches. And then all of a sudden, she's like, oh, a dog, boof, right into the layer, the our neighbor's front lawn. I was like, oh, my gosh, there we are, pushing it right back into the sideway, uh, I'm sorry, into the sidewalk. And then we kept going, and then boom, again, anywhere she looked, the steering wheel, the steering wheel went. I was like, Shelly, I told you, you got one job. Look straight because mommy's having a hard time pulling you out of the ditch. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I thought to myself, wow, everywhere we look is the direction that we wind up going in. Don't look back. You're not going that way. Unless you want to go that way, and that's up to you. Whether you advance or not is not my fault. It's not the person next to you's fault. It's not your husband's fault. It's your decision. It's your responsibility. Let today be the day you learn the grace of letting go and the power of moving on so that you can start the next chapter of your life or else you keep rereading the last. Hear that again. Let today be the day you learn the grace of letting go and the power of moving on because you can't start the next chapter of your life if you keep rereading the last one. Let that one sink in. You can't start the next chapter if you keep rereading the last one. You can't build your life on the pain of yesterday's disappointments, but you can use your disappointments to propel you into your purpose. You can't build your life on the pain of yesterday's failures, but you can use your failures as life's greatest teachers. Now hear this one. You can't build your life on the high of yesterday's successes, but you can build your life on the hard work, the faith, the vision, the wisdom it took you to get there. You see, like, if Anthony ever told, if, if, sorry, if Anthony only ever told me he loved me 10 years ago, and he kept celebrating how awesome he was, because he only told me 10 years ago how much he loved me, he'd have an issue. You know what I'm saying? But seriously, if he would sit there like, I'm the best husband ever. I told my wife I loved her 10 years ago. I rock. I am the man. I'd be like, you are not the man, bro. You know what I'm saying? You know, and if he did that, if he only looked at the past good that he did instead of planning and being intentional and deciding to build and not just look at the successes as a place to stay and celebrate, but instead look at your successes, turn your back, move forward so you can make progress and advance. What if as a church we saw what we did this past Christmas for giving Christmas away and all we did is celebrate how awesome we were as a church because we gave Christmas away and we were on the news and we were in the newspapers. Whoa, we're the best. That's nice. What are you doing now to keep being the best? What are you doing now to keep reaching the community? Stop looking at the past successes because the reality is if you keep looking back, you're never going to do anything good again. What can keep you from advancing this year? Let's get the band up. 
what can keep you from advancing this year. You know your life. You know your routine. You know your thought life. You know your faith journey. What needs to change today, right now? No more looking back. No more excuses. What decisions need to be made now that will keep you tied down from advancing? What will be your priorities? What is keeping you from taking your next steps in your relationships? And I'm not just taking, I'm not just talking about like getting married. Sometimes it's like I mentioned earlier, it's closing that door. What's keeping you? What excuses? What fear? The lack of vision? What, what is it? Are you afraid you're never going to get another girlfriend or another boyfriend? So you're afraid and lack of vision, but it's a totally wrong relationship for you. It's toxic. What's keeping you from taking your next steps here at church? What's keeping you in taking your next steps here at church? Maybe perhaps signing up for a connect group. You've been here for a year, two years, five years, ten years. You're not in a connect group yet. What's keeping you from signing up for Thrive, getting baptized, becoming a tither? Well, if I become a tither, I can't make, you know, I can't make ends meet or I can't provide for my family. Then you're basically saying that God is a liar and he doesn't provide. It says he is a provider and he commands us to tithe. Yeah, we make excuses because we're afraid or we're just not sure if we really believe what the Bible says about God. The decision is yours. What is keeping you from forgiving? I know with me, what was keeping me from forgiving was I was allowing my mind to stay parked. I was allowing my mind to look back. My thoughts kept looking back at things that were hurting me and, and reliving things that I already closed the door to like a year or two, ago, two years ago. And it was this tricky, weird feeling that kept me, kept me, kept coming, that kept me coming back. What's keeping you from letting go? If you don't know what it is, then you need to have an honest moment with God today and ask him to search your heart and reveal to you what it is you need to do to advance in this area. Today, you need to make the decision that you will advance and intentionally look at your life and see what is keeping you back and make changes today. Stop the excuses. Stop the laziness. You see, your laziness will cost you more than you ever want to pay and will keep you further from where you want to stay. This is the only life you get to live. You're not a cat. We don't have nine of them. Haha, <laughs> that was a joke. Lighten the mood a little bit. We got one life. How are we going to go about it? We're going to live in our lazy boy chair, wasting it away, watching everybody loves Raymond, Law and Order, or whatever it is that you do day in and day out. What are you going to do? We have to work. Through that we can't change. we got to work. But what are you going to do after? How are you going to advance? What are you going to change? What things in your routine are you going to change this year so you can actually do something with your life so that your children can look at you and say, wow, I want to be like mom and dad one day. So that your kids can look at you and say, man, I want to model my life like that. Not that you'll be a perfect parent. And if you're honest with your kids and you show your brokenness and you can apologize and you can be real, then they will love you and, 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 and cherish you for your realness. Refuse 
to have an offended spirit. And I say that because the reason why we wind up in pain so much and we look back is because we don't have a resilient spirit sometimes. And we love that thought of, yes, don't have an offended spirit. Great word, Pastor Miriam. Yeah, excellent, until I offend you. And then you're like, yeah, I'm out of here. Until Pastor Anthony offends you, Pastor Katie, Pastor Max, one of our leaders, someone here offends you, then, you're, then you bounce. Decide now that yes, people will offend you. There will be moments where someone's gonna hurt you, they're gonna say something intentionally, not intentionally, whatever. You're gonna get hurt because we live in a world full of broken people and the reality is we screw up sometimes. And will you have the kind of spirit that is resilient and says, man, that hurt, I'm gonna deal with it, I'm gonna confront the situation, I'm gonna forget, but that's it, it dies at that moment. You have to decide. I will probably offend someone in here. Do you know, and you will be shocked, I was telling this girl I work out with, Christy, I love her, she's amazing. I said, do you know that someone literally got offended? Because I walked out of church, I had to run to the bathroom and then go see my daughter, and I didn't even see her and I didn't say hi. And apparently, I'm too good to say hi. People, if I have to go to the bathroom, I have to go to the bathroom. Let me go, if I don't say hi, it's because I'm not mean, it's not like bad or whatever. It's just, that's what happens. There's a lot of people to say hi to, but I have to go, <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, you know, girls, we know. And so, the reality is, don't have an offended spirit. Believe the best about people. Believe the best. Fix your mind on things above. Philippians 4, 8 says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. As you're doing life, as you're walking to work, as you're driving to work, as you're on your commute, as you're taking a shower and doing herbal essence on your hair, whatever it is that you do, what are you thinking about? And then make an analysis. Is it good? Is it pure? Is it true? Is it noble? Is there excellence in what I'm thinking? Is it praiseworthy? Is it honoring to God? And if it's not, you have the responsibility to say, yo, chill, thoughts. Change the channel of your thought life. Change the channel and get yourself out of pain lane and get moving because you have somewhere to go. You gotta stop looking back. You gotta start moving. You're stuck in your marriage and stop looking at what he hasn't done for you. Maybe start asking how can I change instead of always looking to how he needs to change. We decide and we tell our minds what to think about. We need to get up and change the channel of our thinking. We have the power to do that. And if someone tells you otherwise, they are a liar. You can. Because God is with you. And he empowers his sons and daughters. Will pain come back? Will thoughts come back? Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. But then... As it comes to you, what do you do in that moment? You have the power to linger, to stay parked, or you have the power to say, enough is enough. I'm done with that and move on. I'm not going in that direction. Thank you very much. I'm out. And you drop the mic. Let your confession this year, this year be, I will not fall short of my destination. Say it with me. I will not fall short of my destination. 
I will advance. Come on, Tito, say, I will advance. That's right, you will advance in Jesus' name. I believe it for you. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. God has called you to stand tall, stand on a solid rock. He has not forgotten you. He has created you with a purpose, and your best days are still ahead of you. You gotta believe it. You gotta tell the devil he's a liar. You are the head and not the tail. Nothing you've ever done, nothing you've ever said, no wrong you've ever done is too bad for our God, because our God is bigger than anything. Don't you forget that, brother. In Jesus' name. I will advance as a mother. I will advance as a father. I will advance as a husband and wife, a son and daughter, a teacher. I will advance as a student. I will advance as a connect group leader, a team leader. I will advance in ministry. I will advance as a team member. I will advance as a man and woman of God of integrity. And I will watch and I will grow and I will move forward. And this is how I will do it. I will not make excuses, nor will I be lazy with the only life I get to live. I will not have an offended spirit, but I will be resilient. I will not look back and linger at the past for either good or bad for too long. I will use my mind to bring honor and glory to advance my life for his purpose. I am advancing. I will advance. Come on, say it with me. I am advancing. I will advance. Isaiah 43:19 says, "For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry waste land." Young man, all the way in the back. You right there. Give me a wave. Yes, you, the one who's looking like, who is she talking to? He will make a way. God is putting new things ahead of you. Today is a new day, and your best is yet to come. In Jesus' name. I've never seen you before. If I have, I'm really sorry. I'm really bad with my memory. But God has something awesome for you. He's about to do something new. Just take that promise today with you. I believe God wants to restore marriages in here that have hit some hard times and hit some painful moments where trust is too hard to build again and love is too hard to feel again. Where disappointment and pain are the biggest feels. Some young people who need to advance in their soul because of pain from their childhood, whether whatever kind of abuse it was, God wants to restore you today and say enough. You will not allow the past to dictate your future anymore. I called you to be strong. I called you to win. I called you to advance in Jesus' name. Some people might be holding on to the success of years ago and you haven't been able to advance since. You know those people, you know, who like do a single like a million years ago and they're still talking about that single from a million years ago and they tell everybody that they're those people who did that single from a million years ago and they're professional and they're famous and no one knows who the heck they are. Those are people who kept looking back at their success instead of looking forward and advancing. Don't become a has-been. Don't become a should-have-been. Become who you are called to be in Jesus' name. God can make all things work together for good, but if you are in a funk and you refuse to pause and take an analysis of where your thoughts are and take an analysis of where your mind has been, if you don't examine yourself, if you don't watch where you're going, if you don't take an examination of 
Where is your spirit allowing you to go? You will be stuck and you will stay stuck. And then you will blame everyone around you for your situation. Well, it's your fault I'm stuck. Well, it's the pastor's fault. He's not deep enough. Well, this person, it's my husband's fault because he did this to me five million years ago. And we just go in this pattern of everyone else's fault. But your decision to advance, it's yours. You have a choice to allow the pain of your past to bring it to Jesus, surrender it to him and say, God, I can't fix the pain, but you can. And I want you, Lord, to take the pain of my past, the pain of my failures, the pain of whatever it is that's making you look back and making you feel stuck. And I want you to know that if you surrender it to God, he is able to turn your mess into your message. He is able to turn what was intended for harm and breathe his life on it and make it the best thing that has happened to you. But you gotta believe it. Your sickness, your disappointment can one day be the best thing that has ever happened to you because one day if you surrender your story to God, God can use that story to redeem a nation, to redeem women, to redeem men, to redeem your family, to redeem your friends, to redeem your school, to redeem your workplace. If you want to be used by God, then surrender your pain and he will take you to the mountaintops and you will advance to heights you never thought possible. You will stop losing the sense of joy. You will be redeemed again. You will be restored again, but you've got to surrender the pain. You've got to surrender the failures. You have to. That is the only way he could breathe his life and turn that pain into victory. I need a water break. Tell the person next to you, we're advancing. I need one more sip. Tell the other person. Thank you. Why don't we stand to our feet? If you're with family or with friends, we don't normally do this, and Anthony does not like doing this. He, does, he always feels awkward for the men when people ask people to hold hands. But if it's your girlfriend, your wife, your family, your sister, whatever, Grab the hand of the person, if you feel comfortable, next to you. Again, don't feel awkward, don't feel obligated. And I want you for the next 30 seconds, I'm not gonna pray for you because I said it, your spirit, your responsibility. And I want you to make a decision wherever it is in your life that you need to advance, that you're gonna advance. Enough is enough. I'm not looking back because I'm not going in that direction. It's your choice. So right now, if you're with your spouse, pray with your spouse. If with your family, pray with your family. If you're on your own, you're not. You're with three other people, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God the Father. So you're good. You're in good company, all right? So right now, close your eyes. Make a declaration. Speak it over your life. Prophesy over your own life for victory in Jesus' name. Come on, all across this room, in the overflow. Come on, you don't have to disconnect. You get it connected now. Receive from this message. Come on, all across this room. Come on, make declarations. In Jesus' name, we break chains now. In Jesus' name. Pray for family. Pray, God, for family, for marriages, finances, career, ministry, Jesus. Touch your people. Touch your people. Touch your people, my Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, your prayer doesn't have to end now. You can go home and keep praying. You can go home and 
keep moving and declaring and prophesying over your life that you will advance. But right now, I want to speak to a group of people that might be in this room, whether you're a first-time guest or you've been coming for a few times, or maybe you used to come a long time ago and it's been a while since you've been back. And I believe there are people in here who are yet to take the important step of making Jesus Christ their Lord and personal Savior. And I just want to tell you a little bit about what that looks like. You know, you can know about this man named Jesus. You could have heard about him in Sunday school and in CCD and in different places. You could have read about him. And you might even have your own way, your own type of relationship, but there's something missing. Maybe you haven't had that defining moment where you said, today I put my faith in Jesus Christ. Today I turn from my ways. Today I ask for the forgiveness of the Savior. You see, Jesus left the perfect place of heaven over 2,000 years ago. Heaven was bankrupted for you and for me. You see, we couldn't be perfect, so God sent perfection for us. He was the beautiful exchange. He was the ransom for us, and he stood in our place. God took the most prized possession of heaven, and he gave him to us so that all we have to do is cash in that prize by saying, I believe in you, Jesus. Forgive me, I want you to be Lord of my life. And, and really, it is basically as simple as that. And then there's a journey that you go on that as a local church, we help you. The local church is here to equip you for the works of ministry, it's to equip you to have an amazing journey. And so I would like to invite every single person who has not made that decision yet today. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, including the Pope, every single one of us with the exception of Jesus. But the Bible also tells us that the wages of our sin is death. But God demonstrates his love for us that while we were still sinners, he sent his son Jesus. And then the response to that is in Romans 10 verses 9 and 10. It says, for if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart that Jesus is Lord, then we are saved. So every eye bowed, I'm sorry, every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you in here, I'm just going to say a short prayer, and I'm going to invite everyone to repeat after me, just basically saying, I, you know, forgive me, Lord. I make you Lord of my life. If that's you, and I believe there's many people in here who need to make that decision today, whether you're in overflow or you're in here from the front to the back, if you want to say yes to Jesus, if you want to place your faith in him today for the first time, or maybe it's been a while, then just slip up your hand just so I could see it. All across this room, I see that hand. That's awesome. Come on, all across this room, I see that hand. That's great. See that hand. Awesome. Not really sure if I can see anyone. If I'm missing any hands, that's okay. Just lift it up nice and high so I can see it. I'm not going to call you forward. I'm just going to pray for you right where you are. And of course, an overflow, if that's you, I see that hand back there. Come on, all across this room, together we're going to pray. Dear God, I believe in you. I believe in you, Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Today, I place my faith, my hope, my trust in you. I no longer want to do it my way, but I want to do it your way. I don't want to fall short of the destination you have prepared for me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.